Greetings again, my listeners. It is I, the Vault Keeper. Now, it seems that there is time for a new story this week, and it seems that the <laughs> Vault has decided to keep up the dragon idea, at least based on the title of this one. This this story comes to me uh, not... Not actually one of the more recent ones. This one actually came out in 1955, I believe, according to the vault. And title is Dragon, which is, <laughs> as I mentioned before, the reason for the continuing theme the vault is trying to go for, apparently. So, if everyone is ready, I have my... <clears throat> I have my tea here, and where is Apollo? Oh, there, there he is. Yes, I see him. He's, he's there by my chair, as he always is. So, let's all sit back, take in a deep breath, as we open the story vault. Dragon by Ray Bradbury. The night blew in the short grass on the moor. There was no other motion. It had been years since a single bird had flown by in the great blind shell of the sky. Long ago, a few small stones had simulated life when they crumbled and fell into dust. Now, only the night moved in the souls of the two men, bent by their lonely fire in the wilderness. Darkness pumped quietly in their veins, and ticked silently in their temples and their wrists. Firelight fled up and down their wild faces and welled in their eyes in orange tatters. They listened to each other's faint, cool breathing and the lizard blink of their eyelids. At last, one man poked the fire with his sword. Don't, idiot! You'll give us away! No matter, said the second man. The dragon can spell us miles off anyway. God's breath, it's cold. I wish I was back at the castle. It's death, not sleep we're after. Why? Why? The dragon never sets foot in the town. Quiet, fool! He eats men traveling alone from our town to the next. Let them be eaten and let us get home. Wait now, listen. The two men froze. They waited a long time, but there was only the shake of their horse's nervous skin, like black velvet tambourines jingling the silver stirrup buckles. Softly. Softly. Ah, the second man sighed. What a land of nightmares. Everything happens here. Someone blows out the sun, it's night. And then... And then... Oh God, listen. This dragon. They say his eyes are fire. His breath a white gas. You can see him burn across the dark lands. He runs with sulfur and thunder and kindles the grass. Sheep panic and die insane. Women deliver forth monsters. The dragon's fury is such that tower walls shake back to dust. His victims at sunrise are strewn hither and thither in the hills. How many nights, I ask, have gone for this monster and failed? Even as we shall fail, enough of that, more than enough, out here in this desolation, I cannot tell what year this is. Nine hundred years since the nativity. No. No, 
whispered the second man, eyes shut. On this moor is no time. Is only forever. I feel if I ran back on the road, the town would be gone. The people yet unborn. Things changed. The castles unquarried from the rocks, the timbers still uncut from the forests. Don't ask how I know, but the moor knows and tells me. And here we sit, alone, in this land of the fire dragon. God save us. Be you afraid, then gird on your armor. What use? The dragon runs from nowhere. We cannot guess its home. It vanishes in fog. We know not where it goes. Aye, on with our armor. We'll die well-dressed. Half into his silver corslet, the second man stopped again and turned his head. Across the dim country, full of night and nothingness, from the heart of the moor itself, the wind sprang full of dust from clocks that used dust for telling time. There were black suns burning in the heart of the new wind, and a million burnt leaves shaken from some autumn tree beyond the horizon. This wind melted landscapes, lengthened bones like white wax, made the blood royal and thicken to a muddy deposit in the brain. The wind was a thousand souls dying and all time confused and in transit. There was a fog inside of a mist, inside of darkness, and this place was no man's place, and there was no year or hour at all, but only these men in a faceless emptiness of sudden frost, storm, and white thunder, which moved behind the great falling pane of green glass that was the lightning. A squall of rain drenched the turf. All faded away until there was unbreathing hush, and the two men waiting alone with their warmth in a cool season. There, whispered the first man. Oh, there. Miles off, rushing with a great chant and a roar. The dragon. In silence, the men buckled on their armor and mounted their horses. The midnight wilderness was split by a monstrous gushing as the dragon roared nearer, nearer. Its hashing yellow glare spurted above a hill and then, fold on fold of dark body, distantly seen, therefore indistinct, flowed over that hill and plunged vanishing into a valley. Quick! They spurred their horses forward to a small hollow. This is where it passes. They seized their lances with mailed fists and blinded their horses by flipping the visors down over their eyes. Lord, yes, let us use his name. On the instant, the dragon rounded a hill. Its monstrous ember eyes fed on them, fired their armor in red glints and glitters. With a terrible wailing cry and a grinding rush, it flung itself forward. Mercy, God! The lance struck under the unlidded yellow eye, buckled, tossed the man through the air. The dragon hit, spilled him over, down, ground him under. Passing, the black brunt of its shoulder smashed the remaining horse and rider a hundred feet against the side of a boulder, wailing wailing, the dragon shrieking, the fire all about, around, under it, a pink-yellow-orange sun flare with great soft plumes of blinding smoke. Did you see it? cried a voice. Just like I told you. The same. The same. A knight in armor by the lord. Harry, who hit him? You gonna stop? Did once and found nothing. Don't like to stop on this moor. I get the willies. Got a feel it has. But we hit something. Give him plenty of whistle, chap won't move. A steaming blast... Cut the mist aside. We'll make Stockley on time. More coal, Fred. <laughs> Another whistle shook dew from the empty sky. The night train, in fire and fury, shot through a gully, up a rise, and vanished over cold earth towards the north, leaving black smoke 
and steam to dissolve in the numbed air minutes after it had passed and gone forever. Whew. Oh my, oh my, that, uh, that certainly was an intense story, wasn't it? Yes, this is, this is the kind of dragon that I, I certainly would not want to, would not want to meet. He, he doesn't seem to be able to be reasoned with, communicated with, talked to, or maybe he simply doesn't want to because he seems, seems to be more of the classic dragon idea as all he seems to do is go through very quickly and destroy villages, which to be fair, is part and parcel for a dragon, but, oh my, such amazing creatures they are, as I mentioned in last week's episode, and, hmm, I do wonder, I do wonder what the author was thinking when he wrote this, Ray Bradbury, what he thought of it, and how... <laughs> What exactly inspired him to create such a monstrous creature within his story? But, altogether, oh man, that one still gives me the shivers, even though I've read it before. And I still love it, though. Just the fact that you don't, you don't even see all of the dragon that was there. You just see little flashes and pieces before everything is over in... A very quick time frame. Whew. Well, I think I'm going to take in my tea to calm down a bit, and I think I might try to communicate with the vault about the next week's story, because I'm going to have to calm down a little from this one. Anyway, thank you to all who joined me this week. Be sure to share this around if you enjoyed what you heard today, and... Don't forget to join me next week, the next time we open the Story Vault. <laughs>